Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about mechanics, suitcases, tropical attire, old boyfriends, wasps, and prisoners. Let's get on with the show. So we were talking about embarrassing things, and this flight attendant was telling me, oh, you know, um, she's a commuter also, and it's very important when you're a commuter to make your flight, and sometimes it's even more important than other times, and she said it was her last trip when she was going out on maternity leave. So she had her, her like, five-month bump, and it's her last trip, and she's just ready to get home, and she's ready to stop working, and she's she's making her flight to Florida, and uh, she gets up to the flight, and um, they close them 10 minutes early these days, uh, just for like on-time records, but it's kind of frustrating because it's you still have 10 minutes, but they've shut the door, so she's got her big stomach, and she's using that as like a ploy. She's like, oh, please open the door, please, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm going home, oh, please. She said she almost did this like little pregnant dance, <laughs> like please, 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 like a little tear in her eye, so finally, they, they, open the door and let her on. And she's like, "Shoo, all right. And she put her bags away and she sits down. She's like, whew, thank goodness. And uh, they had a little delay. And then she hears the PA, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, we're going to have a slight delay on our flight to Chicago. And she thinks, ah, Chicago. <laughs> she gets her pregnant belly up and she's like, I got to get out of here. I'm on the wrong plane. I'm on the wrong plane. And she was like so embarrassed that here she had to go back outside to that agent that she'd done the pregnancy dance for. <laughs> and she was on the wrong flight. Uh, the friend whose wedding I just went to, her son, I didn't know, uh, you know, these are like uh, high school friends. So, um, you know, not in that much contact. I didn't realize her son is a military aircraft mechanic. Uh, it's interesting. He's been spent a lot of time in Afghanistan. And uh, I started telling stories. We were on like a shuttle to take us from the hotel to the venue at the wedding venue. And uh, uh, he starts telling a story, which would have been great if I had my recorder. But anyway, he said, um, yeah, you know, we, had, we were on a heavy plane with a lot of guns and you have different people on headsets. And uh, the guy in the back of the plane on the headset said to the guy in the front, and he can hear him, and he said, um, it's, are we flying weird? I feel like we're, we're tilted right. My right butt cheek is numb. 
And they were like, no, we're flying normal. And they turned off his headset. And then they tell this mechanic, my friend's son, that um, the next day, before they get on the plane, to put like a thin book like under his right cushion. (laughs) And then the next day, that that pilot was like, no, there's definitely something wrong (laughs) with my right butt cheek. So in my theme song, it says... But I haven't had my high heels on because of my sprained ankle. Uh, I was concerned. I was uh, trying to be very careful with it. So I've been wearing uh, flat shoes with my uniform. And uh, I don't like that. I don't think it looks good. Anyway, uh, so I was wor- I was like contemplating with myself. When should I attempt to wear my heels with my uniform again? And I was doing a trip to Amsterdam. And I thought, well... I'll give it a try, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of a long walk from the airplane out to the van. I hope my ankle's going to make it. And then this happened. We had a skipple adventure. <laughs> okay, we were working different sides of the plane, and you had an odd woman on your side. How would you describe her? Oh, my goodness. Uh, out of it? <laughs> <laughs> she was like in her 70s, wouldn't you say? Yeah, she uh, was escorted on the flight by our red coat and, because uh, she was in a wheelchair. And he informed us that she had been taking muscle relaxants and so she shouldn't be served any alcohol. That was the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, didn't she say something to you like trying to get a drink? Yes, because then when it came time to serve the beverages... She asked for a glass of wine, and I said, uh, questioning, ma'am, you came on the plane uh, in a wheelchair, and you were escorted to your seat? She says, no. So I changed it to a statement, ma'am, you were brought on the airplane with a wheelchair, and you were escorted to the seat. No, absolutely not. So she's like, that wasn't me. Right. It's some other lady. So I thought, well, maybe I got it wrong. Yeah. So I looked at my paperwork, and sure enough, she, it was a totally different seat. So I went ahead and gave her a glass of wine. Well, like the other passengers were complaining, like she was hitting the front of the seat. She basically was a mess. She was a mess. She was falling asleep, leaning into the aisle. She dropped her bracelet, and the lady across the aisle tried to give it back to her, and she claimed it wasn't hers. She was really out of it. So it comes time to, we've landed now in Amsterdam. Yes. Skip pole. It, uh, uh, she leaves, right? She leaves, and I see her go by, and I don't want to make contact, beca- eye contact, because I've had enough of this woman right. by now. Right. So, yeah, most of everybody's off the plane, and I look up, and my suitcase is not there, and I say to you, my suitcase is gone. Something. We, so I'm looking around. And, and actually, you were very calm at this point. I was focused. <laughs> <laughs> But for, for for your bag being gone. But mm. then you realized, I think, that your bag was above the crazy lady. Right, because the little bag that was there, and I mean little, it was a briefcase on wheels. Yeah, and yours was a full-size rollerboard. Full-size rollerboard, heavy. So you know. she left her little bag, yes. took your big bag. Yes. You deduced this. When I saw that her little bag was had still, her name on it. And, and it was still here, and yours is gone. Yeah, and we knew her name because she was by now notorious among the crew. So... Uh, it had a. I knew she was a wheelchair passenger as well. Because she so, came on in a wheelchair. Right. So I ran out there and I thought, oh, good, she's going to be out here Getting waiting. A wheelchair. Yeah, in a wheelchair. And you can get your bag. No, but, no, she's not there. Right. So I get a hold of the wheelchair pushers and I say, you have radios. Can you radio and ask for this lady? 
Oh, yeah, she's on my list, said the wheelchair pusher, but she didn't take the wheelchair. She was a, wait, Jesus, she didn't take the wheelchair. <laughs> but now, you're talking to the agent. Yes, now I show the agent the woman's name, and I say, I need to know what connecting, where's she going? Right. Can, we need to find her. Can you make an announcement? That was no, the thing. That they don't make announcements anymore in Skip Hole. And after he said that, I realized how nice and quiet it was. Yeah, but that's absurd. We are, Every airport yeah. pages. No, it's not helpful. Yeah. And I got to uh, say, this is, bag is very important because it had your passport and wallet. It had wallet. my purse with, yeah, my American wallet, my European wallet. I had just bought pounds to go to London and my passport. And the I, crazy lady has it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> locked in my suitcase. I think it's safe because it's locked, but it's gone. It's gone. Now... Um, the agent tells us mm-hmm. that this woman mm-hmm. is going to London. At 8 p.m. And that she's a, a club member, gold right. club member. Right. So you and I rush into action, right. run to the club. The crew, <laughs> the rest of the crew, one person has my lunch bag, one person has my tote bag. We find this KLM crew lounge. Right, and there's and, a long line. we gotta, oh. we got to go ahead of all of them. And this is on a day that it's 100 degrees in Amsterdam, right? right. So... We go in there, and the nice KLM agents there. They look will up. page. They, they will page. They paged her in their little club. I had no faith that even had she been in that club, she would have answered because she's so out of it. And by now, she's probably drinking alcohol. Right, but then when they paged, they paged a man's name. No, they paged her name, and then they, they start say, looking. They start looking her. Oh no! They look at the piece of paper that the agent had given me, and they looked up that passenger information that the agent had given me and they said oh this is mr lorenzo blah 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 going to london tonight and i said no we're looking for mrs yeah so and so we look it's here it's on her viking luggage tag and they said oh you need to go to the viking cruise line meeting point so now we're like okay run running back (laughs) and at this point they take our luggage and they say our the crew the crew takes both my two bags your two bags yes the one bag's still missing and we still now have to get you out of the airport where we had to show passports and you have no passport so but luckily the captain had stayed and the captain is king in amsterdam so i knew that if he was there to vouch for me and you had your id yeah so we go through passport control now we run to the viking thing far we ran far okay so now we go to the information booth to find out where Where is the viking yes and then we run, yeah, literally. To the Viking. To the Viking. Now, we get there, and then here comes crazy lady mm-hmm. walking up mm-hmm. and excited that we are delivering her little bag. Yes. And she has a bag. And oh, so wait. now I think, oh, my goodness, everything's safe. Look, it's your bag. Yeah. And you say, no, that's not my bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I. So, and I say, <laughs> you took a bag where is that She's, bag? She says, no. And she looks at her suitcase. And you said, yes, you left the airplane. You were you were dr- pulling a bag. What did you do with that bag? And she looks at her suitcase. And, and you say to her, when you got your suitcase, what did you do, do with, with the, the other, other one? And she says, oh, it disappeared. That's what she said. And then you said, poof. <laughs> yeah. Poof, poof into thin air. So really? She gets she realizes that she has her bag, a baggage uh-huh. claim. She's carrying this rolling this other one and thinks, Oh That's not mine. Yeah, so then it disappears from her mind. Exactly. <laughs> so what do we do? Well, I say very nicely, enjoy your cruise and now we run back trying to get into baggage yeah. claim. Which I thought with our uniforms and our ID we might be able to, but no. 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 
Now, don't mess with security in Skip Hole because they would not let us in. They said to us, you need to go to the crew building. Yeah, the crew okay. center. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just far away. So Which is another walk- building. Yeah. Right. Oh, no. We go in the crew building and in the office of the personnel, he's there and yes. he's waiting because he's trying to figure out how he himself is going to get back to the hotel. And we say to him, look, just get on any old crew bus that's going. We're fine. And the crew had taken our bags yes, to the hotel. to the hotel. So now we luckily, at that point, feel better because there's a, a U.S. supervisor. She's in charge. Right. And she's going to help you look for your bag. Right. And now I'm going to go to the hotel right. with the pilot and the purser. And now we feel pretty good. Yes, because that supervisor says she'll put me in a cab, whatever it takes. Yes. It's fine. I'll get there. You don't have to worry about me anymore. You can leave. Yes, and you didn't take it didn't take very long at all then for you to get your suitcase. Well, she then her badge lets her in baggage claim and i didn't have a lot of faith i didn't either i thought crazy lady could have left it anywhere and that supervisor she says let me guess you have a black bag (laughs) (laughs) and it says crew well no it doesn't say crew i don't advertise my suitcases because i commute back and forth to work and um but yes, she comes out of baggage claim. She has my suitcase. Oh my goodness, I could have kissed the ground she walked right. on. And we get to f- go back to the hotel now, where we're supposed to have your other two bags. And yours. Yes, because I'm. we're all... You have nothing. I got nothing but my <laughs> uniform. <laughs> I have my suitcase. So we go to the flight... Ad- oh, so then you get the your... Desk. We went to the desk we go and to said, the desk. somebody brought our bags. And they go, oh, it'll be in the baggage room. Uh-huh. So they unlock the baggage room. In the meantime, the front desk is getting our keys together. There's nothing in the baggage room. Nothing. So now I have a suitcase. You have nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't wear the same size. (laughs) I think it's pretty close. Anyway, so then we get the key, and there's a note on the key that says there are bags are in one the specific crew members yeah. room, which is very room. nice come to my yes. room i have your bags okay so we go get up and there because this now an hour and a half two hours I after know, we've landed so we go up there he has all of your bags and one of mine one so we're she's still missing a bag all right fine <laughs> at this point we had to go to bed all i want to do is take a shower yeah and it go to a bed. lot of running yeah. And it was hot. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, after my nap, I call around. I start calling the crew. Like, because somebody's got to have your back. Yeah, uh, but uh, I got through three or four names. I'm standing at the front desk having the guy at the front desk of the hotel call. And nobody has my bag. Nobody has my bag. Then the security guard who's standing there, she says, wait a minute. I remember that bag because I've got a little minion hanging on it. You know, my stuffed animals <laughs> yeah. on all my bags. It, <laughs> <laughs> she brings it to me now. So oh, your bag was abandoned. They got off the van and the crew mm-hmm. again, like, I don't know. Hashtag or, poof. Or, <laughs> they left it there. <laughs> <laughs> so my very next trip, I go into the flight station. Yeah, the and flight I buy, store. Yeah. Yes, yes. The shop where they sell everything a flight attendant yeah. could ever need, which I never thought I did. But now I have crew. You have so many all tags. All over. <laughs> bags littered with tags <laughs> you know that um, the flight attendant store is funny because you know the little ring that we sometimes use to pop the top so passengers have said where do you get that ring and i go at the flight attendant store and they get this blank stare like where's there a flight attendant store never seen a flight attendant store <laughs> of course not <laughs> so the moral of our skipple adventure is beware of crazy ladies Watch out for disappearing bags. Hashtag poof. (laughs) And my ankle's okay, and I can have my... She's wearing high heel shoes. 
Uh, another funny thing on the way home, this other flight attendant was like, I'm sorry you had to go through all that. That took you guys hours. You know, it's the middle of the night. You must have been so tired. And I said, oh, no. Oh, no. It was a gift. And she's looking at me like, what? And I said, it's content for the podcast. Hashtag poof. So my ankle is doing much better, which is great. Love having my ankle back. And I had to go back to the doctor as like a follow-up visit. And um, this doctor, I really enjoy talking to him. And uh, he's always very busy. You know, he's an orthopedic doctor, bone doctor. And there's all these people in the waiting room. And when I went the, the last time to get like my free-to-go-back-to-work ticket, <laughs> Uh, he had been sick the week before, so there were all these people waiting. He's backed up, and um, he finds out I work for the airline, and his father used to work for the airline. And that time, he sat in there just asking me questions, airline stuff. And you know I like to talk. I'm verbose. <laughs> and uh, we had a nice chat, but I'm thinking, hey, man, you got all these people waiting out here. You know, I, I don't think we can just do all this airline talk. Well, sure enough, I go back for my uh, checkup visit, and... Uh, he, we start chatting again. I think we talked for an hour, and I, I had to stop it. Like, usually they cut you off. I'm like, hey, you know, you got all those other passengers. Passengers. <laughs> you got all those other patients out there. <laughs> we can probably stop the, the airline talk because, you know, I'm verbose. I can go on for a long time. Uh, the next day, I had this, I don't know, who knows if it'll turn into anything. I kind of look at everything as a opportunity. Most of them go nowhere, but this company. They called themselves a knowable. It's called knowable. And they're a venture backed education audio platform where they do courses and they were doing a course on sleep. And they contacted me because of an ambient zombie article. And, uh, <laughs> and they said, Hey, can we get you to come into a studio? And we're gonna ask you some questions. And I'm like, all right, but you know, I'm not an expert on sleep. This is an educational course on sleep. It's not exactly my area of expertise. And we get into the studio and I talked on mic for an hour. <laughs> Again, I'm verbose. I'm just saying. <laughs> I went to a wedding in Pennsylvania and uh, I don't know what it is about Pennsylvania weddings, but they, um, they at least the people I know, seem to have a theme. Uh, other places, I, I, in general, the theme is a wedding. <laughs> well, I, the, first, the last one I went to about five years ago was uh, Pittsburgh Sports Attire Requested. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't have any Pittsburgh Sports Attire. I don't have any sports attire. <laughs> so I'm going to this one in Pennsylvania, and it was Tropical Attire Encouraged. And um, I look in my closet Yep, nothing. No tropical. Nothing tropical. <laughs> and it's like, do I have to buy something? You know, does this wedding have a, a chore? So I just ended up putting a uh, flower in my hair to become tropical and wore a black dress. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if this was mean or not. I don't think so. I, I meant it as funny. So hopefully it came off as funny. But there's a book by a uh, fellow podcaster, Alison Rosen. Her podcast I like is called uh, Childish with uh, Greg Fitzsimmons. And uh, she had a book. And I knew because I've listened to her podcast that she had a book. And the book, I ordered it because it was titled 
tropical attire encouraged and other phrases that scare me. (laughs) And then there's a picture of a clothesline with a bunch of tropical attire and then a black turtleneck. So I got the book and put it on the gift table, of course, with a real gift. But uh, I don't know if it went over well, but uh, tropical attire encouraged does scare me. Sometimes we have some different people on the airplane. What happened on your flight? Well, I was going to uh, LaGuardia, New York, and we had a prisoner on board that was being deported to Egypt because he killed an ice cream truck driver. That's very random, an ice cream truck driver. And he was with four guards, and yeah, it's like, what is an ice cream truck driver? What did he do to him? I don't know. But he would not walk because he didn't want to get deported. He could walk. They had to bring him back in an aisle chair, sit him down, fasten his seatbelts, move his legs into the seat. And uh, I was passing through. And the guards were so nice because they have to be politically correct, which is really too bad in this situation. But before he was boarded, we were warned that be care- uh, you might, he might start yelling or he might defecate in his seat. Gosh. Before they even boarded, right? So I was walking by, and he says, I want to talk to the captain. I want to talk to the captain. I says, well, the captain doesn't want to talk to you. And he said, you fucking ugly bitch. And I said, listen, (laughs) you can call me a bitch, but you ain't calling me ugly. (laughs) And I walked away. And now I had to step outside. Yeah. (laughs) They finally took him off. Well, I did another informal survey on the airplane. You know, it's easier. It's really difficult to say to someone, hey, do you have a story? Because people don't work that way. You have to really warm them up and then then it has to remind them of another story. But people can answer a question. And so I hope this question doesn't come off negative. I'm not trying to be critical. Uh, It's just that if everybody has the same opinion, it's usually correct. So I will be asking this same question and having different voices answer it throughout the podcast. Can you describe the way that pilots dress on layovers? White tennis shoes, baseball cap, the team or the university sweatshirt or (laughs) t-shirt. What about it for the bottoms? Jeans or shorts. Like old jeans. Old jeans or shorts with high socks, high white socks. Yes, the wrong socks. Yes. Oh, I've had a lot of people visiting. Oh, visit after visit, then a wedding, a graduation. It's been like one thing after another. Uh, And so uh, a brother was visiting, and um, I was explaining that it's been difficult Like, I needed to get, this is the last podcast, and I needed to get the podcast done. And I was saying how, you know, it's a lot of work, I have a lot of editing, I got to spend a lot of time in the closet. And now I've been doing this podcast for like 14 years. And uh, my brother, he goes, well, how long is it? Like, uh, three minutes? (laughs) I'm sorry. He's obvious, never listened to one, obviously, because he doesn't even know. (laughs) He thinks it's what, like, uh, three minutes? (laughs) You guys know me better than my family does. How would you describe the way pilots dress on layovers? Disgusting. (laughs) 
than all American. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but um, most of them do not have any style. Yeah, that's, that's what. So um, it's kind of like baggy clothes and big shirts and Hawaiian styles and anything goes. I think they are very easy to recognize on layover. <laughs> they are. You can tell them from a mile away. But it's getting better. Some are getting really? much better, yeah. Oh, well, I that's think, good. Uh, but uh, usually, you look at your uh, their shoes. Yes. Either they work the, either they wear their work shoes, or they wear uh, ten years old or fifteen years old sneakers. Sneakers. Yes. Yeah, and the wrong, the wrong color. Maybe yeah, wrong color. Can you describe what pilots uh, dress like on layovers? Duds. <laughs> what do you mean? I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind that when you were going to buy something on Amazon, you went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. You can even bookmark it. You order. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. And I do wonder if maybe people buy stuff just to make me laugh or buy stuff just so I'll say it on the podcast. Because get this, somebody bought the Animal Penis Book a comic-filled journey of nature's weirdest genitalia. <laughs> I gotta read that again. The Animal Penis Book, a comic-filled journey of nature's weirdest genitals. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank Cecilia, who bought uh, my book, Char, and she wrote me a very nice letter, and she wrote... Betty, I love your books. I was going to write you when I was reading the first book, Tar, but thought I needed to finish it first to be sure I liked the ending. If a book has a bad ending, that spoils it for me. Well, that one ended in such a cliffhanger, I had to read the second one. One funny thing happened while I was reading the third one this morning. I was in my hammock in the backyard. We have a lot of tall trees, and I was reading about animals and monkeys in the trees when out of the corner of my eye I noticed something move. Immediately I thought it was some kind of wild animal but then when I looked down I saw it was a gray cat. And then within 30 seconds I read about the gray cat in your book. Well it's been so fun to be able to picture Iceland in the second book. Also we experienced wind like you did too. At one point my husband stopped and I wanted to get out to take a picture. I thought the wind was going to take the car door off. <laughs> It's fun to read about places I've been, as well as places I haven't, and places you've talked about in the podcast. I think it's a brilliant way you read your travel experiences into the novels, and I love the pictures. Thanks, Cecilia. That's so nice. Remember, if you're going to Amazon, BettyInTheSky.com. Thank you so much. So I was doing all these flying to, I had to fly to see, meet a friend in Salt Lake City, and I had to fly to a wedding, and both times, uh, thunderstorms, five-hour delays, uh, you know, I'm used to that kind of stuff, um, not surprised. And uh, because I spend so much time in the airport, I have a credit card where I get the um, lounges, because I spend so much time in the airport, you know, it's nice to go to the lounge, there's food, and you know, it's expensive, but it really it pencils out for me considering how much time I'm in the airport. So I didn't really mind this five-hour delay. And uh, when you have a five-hour delay, those clubs can get crowded because all the flights are grounded. So I'm in the club and I'm sitting next to this nice guy, business guy, um, because they have some like community tables and um, 
you know, it's fun. And uh, he was, we were chatting a lot and he was saying he's in the cannabis industry and, you know, uh, CBD oil and it's a great business. He switched businesses and it's just booming. And there was a pretty blonde young sitting uh, by us also. And uh, she was like, oh yeah, my boyfriend's in that business. And he's like, oh really? What does he do? And she said, well, you know, sells. And uh, he's like, oh really? Like, um, you know, because he's in the legitimate cannabis industry. <laughs> and she said, well, you know, it's not exactly uh, legal. And um, after she got up and left, because people come and go, depending on when their flight's ready to go. And then the guy says to me, I can't believe she just told me her boyfriend's a drug dealer. So I flew with a girl who I knew when I was a new flight attendant and newly in Los Angeles. And I, when I moved to Los Angeles, somebody uh, had set me up with a model slash actor, not the main actor boyfriend. This was before him. <laughs> so I dated this really handsome. I mean, this guy was ridiculously handsome uh, male model. He did a little bit of acting, but like commercials, but mainly he was a model. You know, he was a jerk. He was kind of like a, he used to like, we'd go to the grocery store and he'd kind of strut through there. He'd wear cowboy boots and he's strutting. And um, <laughs> it's almost embarrassing that I dated him. I only dated him for, I don't know how many months. And uh, this girl was like, oh yeah, I remember uh, when I was in Los Angeles, I met that um, model boyfriend of yours. And I was like, oh yeah, he was he was a something. And she was like, he was a jerk. I'm like, yeah, he was. Um, she said, uh, when I met him, he like put his arms like up and down and said, what do you think of me? <laughs> what a jerky thing to say. And I said, oh, I remembered. And I was like, oh my gosh, that guy was so bad that, um, oh, this is embarrassing even to say, he used to stick his head out the window when we were driving to fluff up his hair and then say, blow job. Ugh. how pilots dress on layovers. <laughs> Jeans and a sh shirt of some sort. Just bland. Pretty bland. Yeah. Pretty bland. Pretty bland. Pretty yeah. safe. Yeah. That's good. That's Just a good word. Safe. Two outfits. <laughs> Predictable. <laughs> boring. I was going with bland. Unimaginative. <laughs> Airplane teams. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh. Always jeans. Yes, I yes, say like usually yes. high water because we can see their airplane socks. Yes, like and not they, good jeans. No, and a lot of times they tuck in the shirt. Yes, they tuck in the shirt. But you yeah. know, we can even um, because we're at hotels with other airlines, we can tell the pilots from other airlines. You can mm -hmm. always tell. Yes, it's like they have a uniform. Right. You know why? Because everybody in Germany, that, you can tell who's German and who's definitely who's European and who's American. Yes. They would never wear tennis shoes on their layover. They right. have some kind of sharp-looking shoe. Yeah. Um, really. Yeah. 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 They would wear matching socks, like black socks. Mm -hmm. Something that mm -hmm. fits. Yes. They would wear pants that match the shoes and socks. They would mm -hmm. wear cool glasses. Yes. Yes. They always have funky glasses. Yeah. Do you know the game that they play on some radio shows where they show a picture of a man and you have to guess whether they're gay or European? <laughs> It's what I mean. It's close. So it's like skinny jeans on yeah. and well, skinny have, pants. Yeah, off the collar. Yes. Yeah. They, have, they wear the skinny pants. Yes. Yeah. Much yes. tighter. Mm -hmm. Much tighter. Yes. Like skin Much tight. tight. Yeah. yeah. And the shoes. Okay. 
I'm asking people to describe how pilots dress on layovers. Boring. <laughs> That's what I was saying, bland. <laughs> bland, boring, yeah. I lost my recorder this month uh, and my camera, and uh, I didn't even realize I had lost it. Um, I was working the galley, so there's a cupboard up there, and I had my bag in it, and I had been using the recorder, and I thought I had put it back in my bag in the cupboard, but it must have slid down the side. So when I took, and I'm surprised that I didn't notice when I took my bag out that my recorder pouch was laying there, but I had uh, commuted home, went to bed, got up the next morning, and I have an email from Dusseldorf uh, about my lost pouch. And I'm thinking, lost pouch? I didn't lose anything. And then I go, I go looking all through my bag, and I'm like, oh no, my recorder and camera aren't in here. Uh, and I hadn't come in from Dusseldorf. <laughs> I had come in from Milan, but what must have happened was that plane turned around and went to Dusseldorf, and uh, that's where they found my, luckily I had a card in there with my email address and my cell phone number. So, which was smart because, you know, those are, you know, put together. That was probably like $500 worth of stuff. I wanted to get it back. So now I've got a email from Dusseldorf asking when I'm coming to Dusseldorf to get my uh, pouch. And I'm thinking, I don't have any trips to Dusseldorf. <laughs> so I start looking up, diligently looking up, uh, who's going to Dusseldorf and if I know anyone. But you know what? There are so many flight attendants. Like the chances of me knowing someone who's going to be going to Dusseldorf uh, in the next few days after I lost my recorder is very slim, like slim to none. And I look and sure enough, one of my uh, girls, I like her so much, is going to Dusseldorf. I don't have, you know, we just uh, have fun at work. I don't have her home number. She lives in a different state. Anyway, I don't have any of her information. So I used my airline email, but I wasn't sure, you know, not everybody checks their airline email. So I sent that to her saying, you know, when you're going to Dusseldorf, can you get my pouch? I understand if you couldn't, but uh, please, if you don't mind, get my pouch. Well, she didn't check her airline uh, email. And it actually turned out that I, I must have sent it to him. So she didn't get my email. It actually came back to me undeliverable. So she didn't get a message that I was going to ask her to get my pouch from Dusseldorf. So she lands in Dusseldorf and the agent at the door asked the, the person at the boarding door uh, for her name, her first and last name. So they call back there and they say, the agent needs to talk to you. And she's like, what? No, it can't be me. I, I don't know any I don't know any agents here. And they're like, no, they need they're looking for you. The, um, the agents are looking for you. They have, they need you. And she's like, what? No. And then she starts thinking, oh no, something happened to my family. Or she's thinking, oh my God, I'm in trouble. So, you know, it's that horrible thing, you know, no good deed goes unpunished because I'm asking for a favor. And she, they scared, she was so scared. <laughs> she was so scared that, you know, somebody had died and that's why they're looking for her. Meanwhile, <laughs> And she was like, I didn't lose a pouch. What are you talking about? And then my card was in there. Uh, it's Betty and this guy with the suitcase. And she's like, oh, I know her. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> and I got my recorder back. Quite a few podcasts ago, after I had gotten back from Namibia, 
I was told the story about being a bug hero, uh, that I like to save bugs in pools. And like, I'll take a leaf and I'll get them out and, and then like fly away. It's like, yay, you know, saved a bug. Um, I don't know why I get such pleasure out of that. So I was at the pool for my condo complex and there were some other people out there and they saw me trying to save this bug. And um, they were like, ah, oh, it looks like he's long gone. I'm like, no, I'll give it a try. So I get him out and I put it down and they're like, oh, look. And then he turned around and bit me. <laughs> It was a wasp and he bit me. And it's like, well, there really is no good deed goes unpunished. This next little story is from a podcast I like, The Adam Carolla Show, and they were interviewing Joel McHale. I was so tired one time. I was going from Detroit back to here and I was in the, the airport that's a part of the, I mean, the hotel that's a part of the airport. And they have their own screening there. And I'm taking the computer out. It was before TSA Pre. And then I begin to take my pants off. I am not kidding. And the woman watching me was just like, well, this is a first. And I was like, what? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I was so tired that I was like, oh, you have, you have no idea. You're just going to take your pants off here. <laughs> just in security. Well, it is. It, it, it's, it's sad but or something. But the first thing that goes is your memory. So when you're yeah. going through mm. security, it's Do I kind take of, my pants off? You're pulling your phone out mm. and you're, you know how many times, like, I, I where's my boarding pass? Yeah. Like, I set right. it in the tray. Yeah. Did I yeah. put it in my jacket? Did it fall out of my pants? Like, all that weird feeling of, like, I've left my earbuds. Where are my buds? Yeah. Where are my... Like, and to Joel's point, you start to do muscle memory in the wrong place, like, take your pants off in line of security. Like, you're doing <laughs> yeah. your thing right. you know to do, but not in the right time or place. I like it when the uh, the uh, flight attendant gets the city wrong, and you can go, "Oh, they're tired." Yeah, <laughs> I like, they're like that. Well, we'll be in Phoenix, and then everyone's just like, oh. "Sorry about that. Uh, we'll be in <laughs> Dallas." <laughs> like, My ankle is doing so much better, so much better that sometimes I walk all the concourses um, to get some exercise. You know, when I'm getting to work and I get there so early, so I'm walking through all the concourses and uh, there's a girl on the phone and she's obviously talking to someone and they're trying to find each other at the airport. And she said, well, I'm in a big tiled area. wanted to stop and say, hey, I don't know if you've been in an airport. It's all tiled. The whole airport is a big tiled area. So we stay at a whole bunch of different hotels, right? You know, um, and, and they're all, they all have their little quirks. I like hotel rooms. They're very much home to me since of this job I've had my whole life. <laughs> So the hotel in Madrid, this girl said, uh, we were just talking about different hotels. And she goes, well, I had never been to Madrid, this hotel. And I get there and I've got my room number. And um, and she's like, I can't believe they don't have any room numbers on the room. She's thinking, this is ridiculous. How am I supposed to know? There's, she's looking all around. There's no room number. She's like, what am I supposed to count from the elevator? And so she said she just started putting her key in all the doors. And she's thinking, well, this is going to take a long time <laughs> until she noticed <laughs> the numbers are on the floor. <laughs> so you get all mad. This is ridiculous. I just got to try all the all the rooms on this floor. This sucks. <laughs> so if you've listened to other episodes, you know that we have on the plane this uh, glove that goes all the way up to your shoulder that I just happen to like to blow up. <laughs> 
into a giant uh, inflated hand to wake the pilots because they're in a passenger seat in first class and they have a curtain and you have to open the curtain and it's dark in the cabin and it's really you don't know what you're going to touch. So this uh, had blown up my arm and I was telling him that's for waking up the pilots and this straight guy flight attendant goes, oh my gosh, you know, that's that's a good idea because one day I uh, I opened a curtain and I thought that I was, uh, I thought that I was rubbing the pilot's leg, you know, like, wake up, this is a straight guy. And he goes, what I was doing, he had turned and I was rubbing his butt. <laughs> Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Poof. <laughs>